but we do need all these women to go into mathematics because without mathematics, most of the things that you think about the future will not happen. If you are good in mathematics and you love it, go for it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to IWF Game Changers, our monthly conversation with some of the trailblazing members of the International Women's Forum. I'm Ann Doyle, president of IWF Michigan and your host. The IWF is a global network of more than 7,000 highly accomplished women leaders from 33 nations who share a commitment to advancing women's leadership and championing human equality. And each month, we talk with one of these trailblazing leaders about lessons learned and insights gained during her career and life journey. So let's talk about life in leadership. Our featured IWF member today is Professor Mina Teicher, the former chief scientist of the Israeli government, former vice president for R&D of Bar Ilan University, and the former chair of the U.S.-Israel Binational Science Foundation. And that's just among other leading international positions related to science, policy, education, and innovation that she has held and still holds. She is a mathematician and a neuroscientist, advisor to over 80 PhD students, lectures on the most prestigious international stages, and is the vice president of UNESCO's Digital Campus Complex Systems. And she is also involved in startup companies in artificial intelligence and cyber. And on top of all that, she was one of the leading voices on a daily TV program on Israeli television for the popularization of science, which is still running. And uh, of course, she is actively involved in promoting the need for more women in science and has served in a vice president role on our beloved International Women's Forum. Mina, I have gotten to know you at the many IWF Global Leadership Conferences we've shared. And, uh, you know, I know IWF women are pretty amazing, but I had no idea I was sharing the dance floor at all of those wonderful closing galas with an internationally renowned mathematician and scientist. Welcome. I'm glad to be here, but I must tell you that I like the dance floor much more than any stage that I was giving lectures on. <laughs> yep, I know exactly what you mean. Isn't that, uh, those are great, great parties that we have there. This month, the uh, UNESCO has just um, launched and is celebrating the first International Day of Mathematics. And um, I'm wondering, I know that you're going to that event. You've been invited there as one of the leading voices in the field. Uh, why is it that this new holiday for mathematics is so important, Mina? It's very important because it raised the awareness to the importance of mathematics to the general public. Sometimes people, they hold their computer, the phones, your, all the devices, so they forget that there is mathematics behind it. And if we don't push this mathematics further, all these devices will lose their power and there will be no cybersecurity and no robotics, etc. So UNESCO acknowledged that it's important to have a, one day a year that is dedicated to mathematics and they, the choice of 14th of March is because this is the beginning of, of the expression of, the, of pi. 
pi is 3.14, etc. So this is the beginning of pi. So that was decided as the general day of mathematics. And there are celebrations all over the world for different, in different events and different countries are taking uh, part in it. Mina, as I'm sure you know, uh, Catherine Johnson, uh, who was the NASA mathematician who made it possible for uh, America to get to the moon, uh, just died at age 101. Uh, I guess she's a perfect example of what you're talking about in terms of how uh, math is so important in terms of uh, making a difference in the world. This is an incredible example for importance of mathematics or also how important it is to encourage women to go into mathematics. She was really very quiet and she was out of the public vision unless yeah. and only because of the movie she right. became very popular and known around. But of course she was extremely, extremely talented and uh, we owe her a lot. And of course it's uh, we are celebrating uh, also the, the month of February as, as women in science and the month of mathematics uh, in March as mathematics. But we also have to remember that she was African-American and this shouldn't be forgotten as well. Yes, yes. Well, there's so much we want to talk about in terms of the work that you do. But uh, I want to go back for a minute to Mina, the little girl, uh, to understand um, what it was that maybe you can share with us that you remember about growing up that captured your curiosity? Actually, I was not curious by mathematics. I was fascinated by numbers. Ah. I re and it was really from a very early age. I think before I knew how to read and write, I was already thinking about numbers and how are they related to each other and how are they related to my environment. So it wasn't any far dreams or any far away spaces. It was just around me and the, and the numbers. And always, always, I was fascinated by numbers and the structure and how they can present what's going on around us. And that was motivating me for maybe age four, I would say, or maybe even age three. Wow. And then as you started school, I mean, were there um, special teachers or a role model or mentor to you that recognized that talent that you had and that encouraged you? Uh, well, people recognized around me, the teachers, etc. They recognized that I have uh, talent for mathematics, but I didn't need encouragement. I was really, <laughs> I had fire in, my, in, in myself for, uh, for mathematics and uh, numbers. I liked also other topics in school, and I always was when I had to choose a major in university, I was really debating because I like chemistry and I like history and I like many things. But I say all these things I can learn in the after hours, but I cannot <laughs> live without numbers. So that's how I, I went into mathematics. And obviously you, you have learned all those things in the after hours. When I look at your, um, your bio, um, your accomplishments, I mean, your reach and your voice is, is very wide. Where are the areas that fascinate you today? Well, at some point, at the beginning, I really only wanted pure mathematics, the structure of mathematics, the language, the languages in mathematics that are built one on top of the other. 
And I did not really care of the application. But there was a moment about 15 years ago that I started to be motivated to do applied mathematics. It was also for, for political reasons within mathematics, within science, because people started to use computers, etc., and they thought mathematics is not important. For the same reason that UNESCO declared one day a year as the day of mathematics, I decided to do applied mathematics to show everybody around me that mathematics, you cannot do anything without mathematics. So I got involved because I'm curious. You know, I'm a girl. I'm curious to learn stuff. Yeah. So I, one of the things that I started to work on was the brain. And I was really captivated by the question, how does the brain work? Because we really do not know how does the brain work. So at that point, I was captivated by the question. And as I was vice president of my university at the time, I also built the a brain center in the university, which is the biggest one that you have uh, in Israel. Now, I've always read that they say things like, oh, the humans only use a, a very, very small percentage of our brain. And, um, and so how, I guess that's one of the big questions you're researching, right, is how do we activate or engage more of this incredible um, computer that we're carrying around in our heads every day? I don't know if this is true that we are not using uh, most of the brain. It's just we don't know how we are using it. So whatever we don't know, we say we don't use it. But it could be that in a decade or two decades from now, they will find out that these little uh, areas or neurons that we didn't know that they are, what are they doing, they have a very important function in mm. one of our cognitive processes so our, or our emotional processes. So I would wait patiently and hope that within my lifetime we'll know a lot more, but I expect that within 100 years we will understand how does the brain work. Right. You know, you made the, the, the point that you said, I'm a girl, I'm curious, which is what carried you into exploring all these other topics. But that raises the issue about um, the fact that there's still a problem in terms of girls and eventually women, you know, going into the STEM field. Um, what, what is that problem? I mean, you didn't have that problem. I didn't have that problem. I grew up also in, the, in a family that no one even said anything about it. It was natural that everybody should uh, read or do whatever they like, and they should do at utmost effort to be as good as they can in their field. So this was a very good, very good background and didn't give me any feeling about the women. And it took a while before I realized that I was lucky to be brought up this way and not every girl gets this encouragement at home. Mm -hmm. And I learned the system and I see it's not only no encouragement at home, there are other issues that prevent girls from going into STEM, STEM fields. I did it, I, I worked on that. I really contributed to solve this problem on a national level in Israel, I was the head of the committee for, for advancing women in science and technology. I was advancing, advising the European Commission on that. And I also did it on a personal level. I'm mentoring uh, girls, and mentoring is most important. But let's 
talk a little bit about the system in general that blocks women. There are not enough role models. So mm-hmm. girls that like mathematics don't go there because they don't see enough role models. This is very important. But there's another thing that drops girls out of the STEM track. When I talk to 100 girls that they bring together from some city, girls that are good in mathematics at age 16, and they are going to go down to a lower level. And I tell them, you don't have to study mathematics if you don't like it. Everything is good. You should study what you like. You should get up in the morning looking forward to study the topics that you like. But don't drop out of mathematics if you like it for the wrong reason. And some of the wrong reasons, there are no role models. And maybe the family is not encouraging enough. Tell her, take something a little bit more easy for a mother. Or maybe they think that it's not helpful for humanity. You know, there are studies that show that girls like to have a topic that is helpful. But there is one more thing which is very important. At the age 16, women start to drop off from the track of high-level mathematics that prevent them later from going to many competitive tracks, to engineering, to medicine, to many other fields, because they believe that the boys don't like girls who are nerds. The boys don't like girls who are good in mathematics. They prefer girls that are good on the dance floor. (laughs) And when I talk to these girls, I tell them the following. You never told anybody that this is the reason that you are going to drop out of the math track, that you want to boys to like you. And I can tell you that you are correct. Boys don't like girls that are too much, they are too much into mathematics and too nerds. But I beg you to stick into math track just for two more years. And then when you go to the university, you have the chance to go to all these tracks that are full with boys. And you have the chance <laughs> to choose whoever you want. You'll choose the high-tech tycoon or you'll choose the most intelligent engineer. You will be one out of ten and that will be your revenge on all the girls that went into other tracks later. And this is correct. <laughs> this is really true. The, the girls are afraid of that. So the social issue should be addressed on a personal level and, if possible, also on a general level. But we do need all these women to go into mathematics because without mathematics, most of the things that you think about the future will not happen. If you are good in mathematics and you love it, go for it. Did you serve in the military, Mina? Yeah, yeah. I was in Israel. Every girl and every boy is supposed to do that. I was for two years in the army. I served in the intelligence uh, unit. It's actually the Mossad. I was serving in the Mossad, and I was working for the um, um, truth machine. This is a polygraph. So I was working on the polygraph before, which is actually some kind of a neuroscience device. And I was working on it before I even could imagine that one day I will become a neuroscientist. How, as you reflect on it, has um, being a woman in what are still very, very much male-dominated fields affected, um, let's say, your own personal work ethic and how how you approach that, knowing that you were um, still very much a minority? Well, it did affect me, even if I didn't notice it at the beginning, because there is some 
inner discrimination within the field. And if you are a woman, you have to work harder to prove yourself and to get the same prize and the same honor and the same degree in the university. You have to work harder than the men, have more papers, more students, more, more grants. All these criteria that you get promotion and award for, women have to have more of it. Still. And I had more of it. But at the beginning, I didn't notice that I'm actually having more than <laughs> my fellow men. And, but it was good for me. I was working hard, etc. But it's not good in general. If women are getting promoted when they have double the papers than the men, it's not good. They should get their promotion in the same level. It's like it's a, it's a sample of the pay gap that we have. The Hebrew University had some kind of, a very good university, had some kind of a study that number of papers that women have when they get full professor is double than what men have. So when I tell it at the beginning, wow. people say, ah, that's good, women are better. I say, no, it's not that they're better. Mm-hmm. They waited a few more years before they approached the chair and asked for the promotion, before the committee assembled, before they sent it back to her, etc. So she could get this years before, get a higher salary years before, get the status year before, but she gets it a little bit later. And with the years, and now, of course, it's a very important issue in most universities and over, all over the world, I think things are getting better, but they are getting better very, very slowly. Very slowly. Yeah, that's what I was uh, curious about is because you are an advisor to um, many, many, many graduate students. I mean, uh, do you see anything different in this next generation of women and men regarding uh, their attitudes about gender and leadership? It is different. It is different. I see the husband of my graduate student female. I try harder for my female. I do everything for both of genders. But when it comes to women, I also give them much more personal advice because they need it because of all the things I said before. So I talk to them and I realize the husbands are better. They don't say anymore, my wife is pregnant. They say, we are pregnant. <laughs> this is different. And, and I see a change, but the system still needs to, to address the biological differences. We made a change in Israel and in Europe that for every child you had in the last five years, you get additional year before you are being tested for um, for uh, tenure. But there are many things that the system system should do. The system should do, the, the family should do, and the individual should do. So it should be a joint effort to make the status of women in mathematics, in STEM, higher than it is now. Mina, I love how passionate you are and everything that you are doing to make a difference. But what the heck do you do for fun? Oh, there are many things I like for fun. Uh, I don't know where to start. Okay, I'll start with the beach. I live five minutes from the beach. And I go to the beach to meet my girlfriend, to meet my students, to meet my colleagues, and also to meet myself. You know, I go to think, <laughs> to relax. And to read books, I love to read books. My my father had an antique bookstore, and ah. I grew up with books. And it was always a passion that competed with the mathematics. My father hoped 
that eventually the book will take over mathematics, but as you know, this didn't happen. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I read books on the beach. I like my girlfriends a lot. You know, you get from girlfriends a lot a very wide spectrum of uh, insight and of, uh, and of fun. And uh, I, if I like the girls and I like the fun, of course, I like IWF. Well, I want to ask you about that. And uh, anybody who has ever been to a global IWF conference, I think, knows you because you, I believe, are a total extrovert. And uh, what has the IWF meant to you? Well, if I like my girlfriends and I get this unbelievable set of women from all over the world, each one of them is more capable and more intelligent and more fun than anybody else. It's, it's a blessing to have this kind of ready-made girlfriends all over the world. Yes. When I was uh, on sabbatical and spent years in New York, I had ready-made friends. When I go to give talks anywhere, instead of being alone in the hotel in the evening, I call the local president and I have a nice day out with the girls. And nowadays that IWF changed and added a mission of empowering women and, and, and promoting equality, this is even much better because now I feel that it's not only for myself, for networking, but it's also outreach. You know, that is so powerful. Uh, that's what draws me as well, that, that we share that common uh, mission of um, using our influence and our voice and our powerful global network uh, to help lift uh, women and human beings everywhere. Is there any final message you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, I take this advantage and give one or two sentences to the girls of this world the girls that have to think of the future and they are not sure that they can achieve what they are dreaming of and they are not sure that they should go to do what really they like, be confident in yourself. You can do anything you put your heart in. This is what you are blessed with, your talent, your passion, and your time. Do it for the benefit of yourself and the benefit of society. You know, I know that you also chaired the uh, IWF conference uh, when you hosted us in, in Tel Aviv, and I was there. Do you have any advice for uh, my Michigan colleagues as we prepare to host the uh, Global Sisterhood in Motown? My main advice to you is be proud. Be proud of your chapter. Be proud of your town. Be proud of the renovation and the change that your town is going to. When you are happy and, and proud and passionate about your, your place, this will be broadcasted automatically to everybody else. Well, we will follow that advice, and I promise you and all of our IWF sisters that we will have awesome music in Motown when you come to be with us for the Global Conference. <laughs> Wonderful. I'll see Wonderful. you on the dance floor. Thank you so much, Dr. Mina Teicher, Israeli scientist, mathematician, and internationally respected and passionate voice uh, for the field of STEM 
and of course, uh, encouraging many more girls and women to go into that field. So thanks for joining us for this episode of the IWF Game Changers, a conversation with some of the trailblazing members of the International Women's Forum. I'm Ann Doyle, president of IWF Michigan and your host, and we hope you'll join us again as we talk about life in leadership. <laughs>